we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 17, 2020. Next report, very brief video from Dave Hodges entitled Putin's Anunnaki warning to Trump. Now this heavily relates to what we were just talking about with Iran and why President Trump, who said that he was going to destroy 52 of their targets if they dare retaliate for the General Soleimani um, slain, he did nothing. He looked totally weak as a result of that. He didn't do anything that he said in that regard. And then he gave a speech the next day where he was totally undone, rattled. He was breathing heavy. He looked very depressed. He was very monotone. It was it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen out of him. Well, maybe this is going to explain why that was actually the case. Yeah, there's other theories. I, I brought up one of the other theories. Well, I've talked a lot about this in recent days, about the um, Anunnaki. And um, I got a whole file on it now where I'm compiling all my info on the Anunnaki. If you want to just email me and I'll, I'll email you the file. But if you key in Anunnaki in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll find those studies I've done. Most of them recent. Anyway, I'm just going to let Dave talk here. The Anunnaki. This is biblical. They exist. They're certain servants of Satan. Matthew 24, 37. I'm going to read to you a little passage here. Someone sent something to me. And I totally agree with this 110%. The Anunnaki serve Lucifer. Russia has been fighting them for months now. They are just one group out of the many servants of Lucifer and Satan. That includes things like giants, uh, the Nephilim, yes. fallen angels, and so forth. And they're being unleashed upon the... The Anunnaki are the Nephilim. Okay, they're not fallen angels. And I'm going to prove that. I'm going to prove it to you biblically. I've, I've given you the scripture verses, I believe it's in Deuteronomy primarily, where they are specifically mentioned and how to deal with them specifically. Now, so far I haven't heard anybody talk about what is the biblical remedy regarding dealing with them. Now, I covered this in a recent teaching. I'm going to cover it again today. I'm going to give you those verses again today. Um, but my other teaching covers it probably more thoroughly because I, I can't just revisit all the same stuff that we've talked about. Um, but we, we will get into that. Earth right now, in accordance with the days of Noah biblical prophecy that our Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus, told us about in Matthew 24, 37. We were going after ISIS in Iraq when the Russians warned us about an approaching hostile force. I reported this. I think that was Syria, he means. Some people laughed it off. I said, we bugged out quicker than anything based on a Russian warning to American forces. Mm -hmm. Who was approaching that we couldn't fight? It's the Anunnaki. Satan's servants and who they are. And again, I reported on this. I will give you the links. Um, actually, I, I posted the links to those teachings in this PDF. So you can either go to my website in Keen Anunnaki or just click on the PDF for um, January 17, 2020. Scroll down. It'll be more near the end. And you'll see them in green where I get into that. 
Okay. Specifically the event that he's talking about here. Anyway, they are taking sides in the Middle East. Now, after the attack by Iran on our two bases in retaliation for the killing of General Soleimani, Putin knew that Trump was planning to address the nation. They had a conversation, from what I've been told. He convinced Trump to withhold his statements and reconsider another action of retaliation. Well, he knew he was going to address the nation, but also go on the attack. Why? Not because he was afraid of the Iranians, but because he was concerned about the Anunnaki. This is something that I'm not going to get a whole lot into because when I interview Steve Quayle, this is going to really come out. But you have these physical manifestations called the Anunnaki. They're Satan's servants, and they are your enemy. And Putin and Trump are well aware of them. Putin's been fighting against them for years. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Please share this. Give us a thumbs up if you would. And also we'd ask that you would uh, consider becoming a subscriber because it strengthens our reach, but it also lets you know when we do something new. Okay, so I, I check, honestly, I check his site probably about, again, I, 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 I don't always agree with everything the way, but he does, he, he does really do a ton of work keeping up with some of the most cutting current events. And here's the thing with Dave. Um, he's open to this thing with the Anunnaki because of his dad's background his dad all this top secret clearance background and his dad knew a lot about he was uh, had all of these relationships evidently with Nazi scientists that basically told his dad that said we got all of our advanced level stuff that we possessed in World War II and that you found that we never even got a chance to really implement fully from aliens essentially from I mean they may have referred to them a little differently but so Dave is very open to that, that whole line of thinking, because he was brought up that way, and that's good. And I, I am the same way, not because I was brought up that way, just because that's, I don't know, after I got saved, I just, I naturally went in that direction, because I wanted to know, how does this whole alien agenda, how does that figure in to Christianity? Because it sounds pretty satanic to me, and it sounds very antichrist to me. And the message of the New Age and the aliens and all the stuff is always that, oh, yeah, no, yeah, Jesus, he was a good guy. He's one of us. He's one of our lesser ascended master guys. And, you know, but you got everything messed up and and you got this Bible that's all messed up. And it's it's not, you just, everything's off kilter. And we're going to have to come back and straighten everything out. You're our little science project. We created you millions of years ago. You know, ancient astronaut theory. I've done studies on that. And uh, we're going to have to police our little science project pretty soon. And, you know, it's fine. Just We're going to come back soon and just, you know, bow down and worship us, worship us as the gods that we are. And we're going to take you from the old world order into the new world order, from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. And you're going to have this wonderful golden age that, you know, everything's going to be pixie sticks and, and buttercups and Twix bars and the whole nine yards. So um, I've done more mega studies on the alien agenda than just about any i've really the only things i've done mega studies on just key in alien agenda 
in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You'll have enough content there to keep you busy for probably weeks and weeks, you know. Um, no, prob probably months if you're like just a normal person or whatever, you know, I've got a lot of free time. And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying if you feel compelled, if, if, if you're wondering how the whole biblical narrative fits into this whole alien agenda and the whole subject of disclosure and how that, well, I, I have the answers. I have the biblical, I'm trying to um, biblically uh, reconcile this whole alien agenda deception. And it's pretty easy to do because there's so much proof about, you know, uh, what this agenda is. It's, it's very transparent if, if you scratch below the surface. So uh, let's go further. So now we've kind of just broken the ice a little bit here. So hang on, it's going to get pretty wacky. Uh, Putin to Trump, hit Iran and face Anunnaki wrath. Well, that's what we just kind of alluded to a little bit there. We're going to go a little further. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Michael here from Twisted Truth and TwistedTruth.net. I have a short article to read. It will take me three or four minutes. I'll make a few comments and let you go. The title of the article is Putin to Trump, Hit Iran and Face Anunnaki Wrath. And I will read. Hours before Iran launched a massive ballistic missile strike on coalition air bases in Iraq, Russian President Vladimir Putin warned Trump that retaliating against Iranian aggression would anger a regional Anunnaki coven and cause the villainous extraterrestrials to expand their happy hunting grounds to the continental United States. Now, notice they're referred to as a coven, like a witch's coven. I don't know if that means there's 13 of them, because that's a traditional witch's coven, but I thought that was, it was a regional Anunnaki coven. Um... Uh, and, and if we attacked Iran, in other words, that was going to anger these Anunnaki on Iranian soil and then cause them to come attack us here in the United States. According to Federal Service Bureau agent Dmitry Osmosovich, despite conflicting data on the Iranian assault, many worldly governments, including Russia and the U.S., had knowledge of Iran's intent several hours before it launched against al-Assad air base in Camp Taji. The Ministry of Defense, Osmosovich said, had received two-hour advance notice, and a telephone call between Putin and Trump revealed that he, too, was aware of Tehran's intent. During that tumultuous call, President Trump said, if I, said that if Iran fired even a single round toward American assets, yes. He would set Iran ablaze right. with more cruise missiles than Iran had bearded men. Yeah, and again, he flat out stated this over and over again, leading up to this. And I'm thinking, well, here we are. Here we finally are. They're saying they're going to do it. It appears that Iran's going to retaliate. And Trump said, go ahead, retaliate. I'm going to hit 52 different targets. I'm going to do all this stuff. He posted all these tweets, and then he does nothing. Well, he's just a coward. Uh, okay, but you really think that was the reason? There's, there had to be some other mitigating factor. Why did he appear all of a sudden so mouse-like and rattled and breathing heavily? 
at that conference the next day? What had he just found out? I'm just trying to connect the dots here. He told Putin American airstrikes would annihilate Iran's military bases and nuclear refineries while, quote, boots on the ground would do a really, really great and perfect job, unquote, destroying the Ayatollah's Republican Guard. Putin replied with a dire warning, saying that any attack on Iranian sovereignty would enrage Anunnaki that dwell in the region. The monstrous creatures, Putin said, venerate Iran as sacred ground and have sworn to slay intruders that dare trespass on or attack what they consider their eminent domain. Attacking Iran might draw American into the Russia-Anunnaki war, Putin added. When Trump scoffed at the suggestion, Putin recounted a story of a failed assault on an Anunnaki hive near the city of Mashhad, which borders Iran and Turkmenistan, that left 200 Spetsnaz dead or mortally wounded. After the attack, the number of Anunnaki in Syria tripled, and the aliens began skirmishing with special services soldiers near several border cities in Russia. Until recently, Trump had not believed Anunnaki were real and often referred to them as, quote, Putin's boogeyman, unquote. In June, however, Putin showed Trump classified photos that graphically depicted atrocities the Anunnaki had committed against Russian soldiers and Syrian civilians. The images were so violently shocking that Trump shifted his opinion and said he might commit U.S. troops to the Anunnaki war, but not until he wins re-election in 2020. Right. Quoting our source. On Friday, President Putin let Trump know that if bombs drop on Iran, he won't have to wait to 2020 to meet the Anunnaki face to face. The vile creatures will expedite what plans they have for the United States and descend on his nation like a plague of locusts. Putin told Trump that if the Anunnaki attacked the U.S., he would not be able to help because his anti-Anunnaki troops and technology are needed in Russia, Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan. It looks like Trump, though, took Putin's advice and stopped short of angering the wicked creatures, Osmosevich said. Circumstantial evidence supports his assertion. First, Trump's unofficial speechwriter, Stephen Miller, had initially crafted an entirely different speech than what Trump read to the American public on Wednesday morning. The original harsh script was to be read Tuesday night after America had started its attack on Iran. Right. Second, following confirmation that Iran had indeed fired on coalition assets, a White House spokesperson said Trump would address the nation that evening, but an hour later announced yep. Trump had changed his mind and yep. would instead speak the following morning. It's exactly what happened, too. Exactly. And I've never seen him more rattled the next day when he gave that. Third, Commanding officers of two Arleigh Burke-class destroyers had received orders from United States Navy Forces Central Command, or NAVSENT, to ready Tomahawk missiles, cruise missiles, for an imminent strike. But 45 minutes later received a countermanding order to stand down. You realize right there, and again, maybe this was in some way, shape, or form the hand of God intervening, because that's World War III, guys. They hit us. He says, I'm going to hit 52 of your targets. I'm going to wipe you off the map. That is World War III. We've been trying to provoke Iran to get 
because they know they're going to draw in most likely Russia and China. It's World War III. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It is possible other U.S. warships and military aircraft in the region got similar orders. Fourth, we now know that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, and Vice President Pence arrived at the White House minutes after the first Iranian missile struck al-Assad Air Base. While their presence in a crisis is not atypical, their reactions and demeanor toward the President were not commonplace. Washington sources reported that an intense argument concluded with Pompeo stomping from the Oval Office in a huff, suggesting not all agreed with Trump's decision. Well, yeah, Pompeo is an absolute war hawk. I mean, he was, that's why Trump was told to install him in your war cabinet, essentially, because Pompeo has that history. So, of course, he's, got, I mean, he's finally got the opportunity they've been waiting for for over a decade to counter-strike now. Iran and really get World War III on the road. And then Trump says, no, I'm not going to do it. It makes no sense unless we have this narrative. I mean, I know there's other theories out there, but I've been talking about this for months about this. And I was, I, honestly, I was floored the next day when I saw him give that weird speech where he's breathing hard. He's all out of sorts and looked real depressed and nervous. I'm like, where's all the bluster? Where's all the bravado? Where's all the, I'm going to take out 52 targets. And I'm like, well, maybe at first I thought, well, okay, is this all the, you know, the whatever, hurry up and wait theater to finally, finally, finally. Still, it didn't ring true. This on the other hand is very compelling. Cancel a retaliatory strike. This information taken in tandem with Putin's phone call, alludes to at least the possibility that Trump on Tuesday, I'm sorry, <clears throat> on Friday, stopped America from waging war with an enemy more powerful than any on Earth. And that concludes the article I wanted to read this morning. If you appreciate this... So, we have that. Now, okay, they're, they're big and bad and you can't do anything and our, 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 it doesn't matter how crack our troops are, they're um, we hardly stand a chance against these things. I don't, I don't, you'll never ever in a billion years convince me of that. Never in a million years. This is my, I honestly believe this whole thing with the Anunnaki and the giants and all this other stuff and what we're actually going to really be facing when these things come out of the shadows. That's my primary calling. I'm just going to flat out tell you that. Contendingfortruth.com, when that is over, when we go dark, that's where I believe, for me at least, that's where that starts. I have been begging God and chomping at the bit for decades to go against these things. I've tried to seek them out and stuff, but God just hasn't ever let me engage them up to this point. Not to say I haven't engaged a lot of wicked, evil things and witches trying to kill me and astral project into our house and doing a lot of other stuff. And I'm not saying that because I'm Mr. Big and Bad and Bold or whatever. I just know the God whom I serve. And I can't help the calling that he's, that he's placed upon me doesn't mean I'm bigger or better or whatever. doesn't mean any of that. Okay. Um, I just can't help the way I feel. And, um, 
what does the Bible specifically say about the Anunnaki and how to battle them? Okay, now I did cover this in a, in a previous study, a recent previous study. I'm going to cover these one particular set of verses again, and I was, I'm wrong, it's, it's Numbers and it's Deuteronomy. Numbers, 1330, and Caleb still, stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, meaning the land that they were looking at. For we are able to, who were, what were they dealing with when they went into the promised land? They were dealing with Nephilim. They were dealing with giants. They were dealing with Anunnaki. We're going to prove that. Okay? The Emims and the Anunnakis and the Zazumans that the Bible talks about. Those are all Nephilim. Half fallen angel, half human. Okay, now granted, then you could have, you know, them breeding with another woman and then you've got a quarter cast or a half cast Nephilim. And they could rebreed and then it could be what they call a quarter cast. One of the, the, the books that talks a lot about quarter cast giants and half cast, meaning the, their, their, their genetic gene pool, their Nephilim gene pool is getting more diluted, is the book Solomon Giants. Solomon Island Giants. You want to read a book that will knock your socks off, get that one. What goes on in the Solomon Islands? The land that time forgot. That's the name of the country. Matter of fact, they all know about it there. You live on the Solomon Island. You grew up there. You know about the giants that live inland. You don't mess with them. They used to have a lot more interaction with the people. They kind of, for various reasons, they knew that they had to kind of pull their horns in. But there's areas of, of that island that the islanders to this day will not go. Period. Um, what does the Bible say? That's all I really care about. I don't really care about these reports and, oh, they're so bad and they've got all this advanced rep. I don't care. None of that. They're not bigger than God, period. They're just not. They're not bigger than God. And they're never going to be. So what do I got to tap into through God to defeat them? It's black and white to me. Let me read that last verse again. Numbers 13.30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, this is a land filled with giants. These are people that don't have any modern technology, like we do today. They don't have any cruise missiles. They don't have any nukes. They don't have tanks or whatever, mortar rounds and, and cannons or anything of that nature. They were far more ill-equipped than 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 we are today yet supposedly according to these reports we can we barely have i mean at most we can ever hope for in these engagements putin has said that all we can really ever hope for is maybe a stalemate they got all this advanced weaponry and all this other stuff it's all irrelevant to me my god created the universe he's bigger than all this he's coming back and um he's going to defeat them Meanwhile, we're to occupy till he come. And we're ambassadors for Christ. And we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness and etc., etc. And we're supposed to put on the full armor of God every day so we can battle against these things. Next verse. But the men that went up, up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people. We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
because they were looking at the temporal they were looking at the physical attributes and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched out into the children of israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof because the giants the nephilim ate people they were cannibals okay talks about that in the book of enoch and i'm not saying it's canon of scripture but it says the same thing they eat up the inhabitants of the land the animals the humans you name it and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature they appear as men of great stature depending on how close they are to the if they're literally from a fallen angel interbreeding with a human woman you could 30 to 50 feet i've heard accounts okay and then you have let's say that giant breeds and i know how could that giant breed with a woman i don't know but evidently it could happen and then you have a half cast giant which was probably in your oh 15 footer 13 foot range and then if you have that giant breeding with another woman then you have a quarter cast giant which you're looking at seven eight feet the genetic pool is getting diluted and again that book solomon island giants gets into that a lot don't you think though that when this becomes common knowledge in place among christians and they actually see the bible coming to life because the bible's talking about this we're learning about this in the bible don't you think a lot of people are either going to have to really make up their mind about christ or and, and really get on the stick and i'm not saying that because i think i'm mr perfect or whatever but don't you, don't you think that's going to be a tremendous motivating factor knowing that you know you better if you've got any chance you got to do this through god and there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of people that were pretenders that kind of fall away and and they and they they never really had any root the bible talks about and they you know they were just kind of going along to get along and maybe what you would term as a lukewarm christian the bible talks about that in revelation 3 the laodicean church uh but then there's going to be people that look at this and they're going to be like whoa whoa <laughs> a lot of people that that said i'm nuts or people like me i lost a lot of listeners over the years over this stuff lost a lot i got a feeling and i'm not maybe it might sound a little cocky a little cocky got a feeling I'm, I'm fixing to maybe get a whole bunch of them back when this stuff becomes real because they're going to see i wasn't deceiving them i've said to god before stop me do whatever it takes to stop me god if i'm putting out lies I don't want to deceive anybody. That's not why I'm put here on this planet. I'm here to try to help people. You know, help them see the truth. I, I You showed this to me, I believe. This is biblical. It's not like it's whatever. So easy to prove. But what about when the rubber meets the road? And this stuff, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Long, long time. I'm looking at the positive aspect of this. I'm looking at how motivated a lot of Christians are going to become when they realize how real this actually really is. It excites me. Because I think people are going to be a lot more serious for God. I guarantee you, any Christians over there dealing with this, you know, like in Iran or whatever, if they're aware of it, are 
probably much more um, of a different mindset, at bare minimum, <laughs> than your average <laughs> Christian that's going to some 501c3 church like Joel Osteen or whatever. Um, this is where the rubber really meets the road. Okay. And the, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You, you take a film crew back to Noah's day, okay? The number one story they're coming back with is that fallen angels came down, procreate with women, bore them, giants, the men of old, the men of renown. Giants was where we, we, defer, we, we get the word Nephilim from, or the fallen ones. Okay. So um, it's all scriptural. Now, again, I'm not saying that like I'm cocky, like, oh, I'm going to get all these listeners back. I would welcome them back with open arms. And I get it. I understand. It's, 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 it's insane. It sounds insane. It sounds insane. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's biblical, though. It's biblical. That's all I'm saying. And we can easily prove that it's biblical. Numbers, next verse, Numbers 13.33. I get so excited talking about this. It's so, I don't know. And then, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. Anak? Weren't they just talking about the Anunnaki? Yeah, that's where the word comes from. That's where it was first used ever in the Bible. Oh, you could say, well, yeah, well, the Sumerian, right? Okay, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to say it was first used here. The sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Um, and were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. The word Anakims, which is where this word is, the derivation, is used nine times in the KJV. Outline of biblical usage. What does it mean? Okay. Anakims means long-necked, a tribe of giants, descendants of the Anak, which dwelled in southern Canaan. Now, maybe Anak was the chief fallen angel that procreated with the women, and these were his sons. Okay? No problem with that. I'm not going to call the Anakims, though, fallen angels. I'm going to call them Nephilim. I'm going to call them giants. Very byproduct of the fallen angel. There's probably, a, you could probably make a very good case that Anak was a fallen angel that procreated with women, and these were his sons. Okay? They were long-necked giants, though. Now, here's a picture of what they probably look like. If you want to see that, go to the PDF for the state, January 17, 2020, and um, you can see what it looks like. He's not a handsome devil. I'm just warning you. Um, there are several occurrences of giants in, the Deuteron in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, we read, Deuteronomy 128. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims are there. Hmm? Yeah, because when you're, you're facing a giant, if you're looking at that from a temporal standpoint and not from God's standpoint, it's very easy to get your eyes fixed on the tall walls and the big giants and say, oh, we got no hope in this. Uh-uh. Not, not, not my God. No way. Deuteronomy 129, then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. Dread not. That's funny. Lakeland football has a 
team. They're called, they, and they're, they call themselves the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> they're always really good, too. I used to follow high school football back in Florida a long time ago. Anyway, Dreadnought, neither be afraid of them. That's what the, that's what the Word of God is saying here. You can hear these reports that say, oh no, they're going to come to America. Oh, if they come to America, I will either, I mean, unless God stops me, I will either go to them or if God wants to translate me there, wonderful. I will engage them. I, is God is my witness. I'm not lying to any of you. I can't wait. I just want to get it on film. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not lying when I say this. As God is my witness, he can strike me dead tonight if I'm lying to you, my listeners. I mean that. I, 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 you, you have no idea the, the fire God's putting me about this particular subject. I can't help it. I, I can't wait. Do you know how many people are going to get saved, and I'm just going to say are going to get saved, not could. I'm going to say are going to get saved. When they actually realize that Christians that are called, and I'm not saying everybody's called to this, okay, remember, we're the body of Christ, can the finger say that I, depart me, have no need, we all have different callings. I'm not saying just because you're not called this way doesn't mean whatever. But do you know how many people could get saved? Especially if it's caught on film? How much glory that would bring to God? That's what I'm, that's my end game. The salvation of souls and the glory of God. Is God as my witness? That is my end game. Yeah, sure, I'm, I'm greedy. I want to be a part of it. I do. But nobody's talked about this aspect of these terrible Anunnaki. I'm not saying they're not bad to the bone. I'm not saying they're the most nasty things probably on planet earth i'm not saying that i'm not saying they're not formidable i'm not i'm not saying it like i'm i'm underestimating my enemy and again the bible is very clear on this in in, in regarding the end times daniel eleven thirty two. and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries the antichrist shall corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their god shall be strong and do exploits praise the lord jesus christ that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about says it people who know know their god shall be strong and do exploits praise the lord that's all i need to see there's a lot of other Bible verses. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against me in condemnation, thou shalt condemn. Okay, this is the heritage of the service of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So, you know, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. That's what you got to zero in on when, you know thinking about this subject because it'd be very 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 easy to think oh no i mean this is i didn't sign up for this you know and anunnaki i don't think so you know well you never know what god might be calling you to do and you might be put in a position where you don't have a choice you might have to just deal with it you know and um that, that happens to christians sometimes 
Maybe they go into the call and kick it and screaming. You know, but I, I can't I can't wait, man. <laughs> and it said, so God says, dread not, neither be afraid of them, the Anakims. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He did all these things in Egypt to show them what a great and mighty God he was. And that was to steal them. Meaning like you steal yourself. For the battles to come in the promised land. Unfortunately, the first generation didn't have enough faith. They had too much Egypt in them and... They murmured and complained and God had to kind of like let that generation go by and raise up another generation that actually had the faith to go in and possess the promised land. Okay. But God let him see all that stuff in Egypt and, you know, the pillar of fire by night and the whole nine yards and the parting of the Red Sea and you know, all the miracles he did because he knew they were going to have to really, they were going to really, it was going to require a lot of faith to actually go in and possess the promised land because they were going to have to go against these Anakims and the giants. You know? So this mindset that I'm telling you about was just for the people that went in to possess the promised land, that was their mindset. And thousands of people had it. That's why I'm saying, what I'm telling you isn't something that's like, okay, only me or some a few other people can do. I don't believe that. I don't. That's why I'm saying, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. I'm saying that it was normal for the people. They had to have that kind of faith to go into the promised land. They were going to go fight against these things. And the Bible says, and the Emims, which is another derivation of the giants, dwelt therein in times past, a, a people great, oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is Deuteronomy um, 2.10, we're skipping ahead. The Emims dwelt therein in times past, a great people, and many and tall as the Anakims. The Emims were probably giants without the long necks, okay? Because the Anakims, that's one of their, the, the main things of their uh, that part of what the definition of that means long next and then which also were accounted giants as the anakims but the moabites called them emims so maybe they were the same thing but they just had a different name there okay emims the outline of biblical usage emims means terrors as they cause great tear upon their worshipers and remember evil loves to feed off your fear so that's why I keep saying with all these studies that I'm doing that, that if you just take them at face value, a lot of times they're going to engender fear. But I try to commingle a lot of positive scripture verses in there to keep you out of that because God has not given us a spirit of fear. And the fear of man bringeth a snare or the fear of the Emums or the Anakims, they bringeth a snare. We need to fear God. Okay. But see, when they, when, when, um, you see people getting scared by something posing as a ghost or some whatever. They feed off your fear. Evil entities feed off fear. It's like energy for them. It's, it's a way to satiate them. So they cause great terror upon their worshipers. Then we go to the next verse, or, or Deuteronomy 2, 21. A, uh, great people and many and tall as the Anakims. But the Lord destroyed them before them and they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead so these are people that are just normal stature going in and through god destroying the anakims and they didn't have any advanced weaponry or anything like that 
what what did they have at most arrows spears and stuff like that stuff that normally you know but there was a way big supernatural component going on here had to be had to be for them to be able to do this uh and then deuteronomy 9 2 another verse a great a people great and tall and the children of the anakims whom thou knowest and whom thou hast heard say who can stand before the children of anak yeah in a temporal sense apart from god who can stand before these things you hear the stories about these things in modern day warfare the afghan giants and those types of things and it's like how can i possibly these are like you know navy seals or black beret or like the highest levels of our military and they're going there and getting slaughtered by these things they they they're incredibly fast they're incredibly huge they're incredibly vicious they kill you before you even know it well i'm telling you you gotta do it through god that's it that's the only way it's gonna really happen and i think the, the reason that god would want it that way is because it's going to bring maximum glory and maximum amount of people getting saved at the end of the day if you do it god's way so our only hope as a Christian, I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy a 50 cal. Yeah, I heard a 50 cal headshot with a copper bullet is a good way to take them out. And I'm not opposed to that. No, no, no. I'm not opposed to that at all. But, you know, it's not my calling. Not my calling. I don't know if God's got, I mean, I'm, I know the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Bible says it's not my word like is a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. If I go there, I'm fully prepared to go in there with just a Bible. Or even quoting scripture. No weapon. And you said, so now you're really getting crazy. Now you're really getting nuts. Well, I'm just telling you, that's that's been my I've got the sword of the spirit. It is a weapon. It is the the it is the best weapon in the universe. There's no there's no more mighty weapon I could wield. So I'm not viewing it like, oh, I don't have a 50 cal. I can't take him out with a copper bullet in the head. I'm just telling you, I know, I know. I'm sounding a little wacky today. I know, I get it. Anyway, but I'm serious. I am serious about what I'm saying. Then the next verse. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee, meaning going against these giants, these Anakim, as a consuming fire he shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face i just want to get it on film show it to the whole world so shall thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the lord has said unto thee praise the lord jesus christ that don't get you fired up your woods wet hebrews 13 8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Because you can say, well, that doesn't apply to our day. No, 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 no. God said, I am the Lord. God, I, I changeth not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Period. End of story. Okay, so that, now let's progress into... No, not, not sure if you're aware of this, but Vladimir Putin, the same one that we were just talking about, warning Trump, and he's warned him on several instances about the Anunnaki. He just fired the entire government. Okay. You've seen that a lot in the news cycles. Eh, I saw a blip on Drudge. You know. Um, you would think something that colossal would be like 
oh, you know, headlines for weeks in America. They'd be all over that like sharks. But I've hardly heard anything about it at all. It was on, you know, it was like one of the headlines on, on it wasn't even the top headline on Drudge, and then it dropped and dropped and... No, no, no big deal. I mean, that just stuff happens all the time, evidently. You fire the whole government. And you give kind of some weird excuse why. Well, let's let's just, let's go into this further. Well, he knows. And one thing I do know, the American media doesn't want to cover this. No, 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 no. They don't want to hear that Putin just fired his entire government. Yes, he did. Yep. Now, there's a couple of stories here. One they were going to force a coup and get him out because he was spending too much money on defense. Most people that I talk to and most of the analysis I've done say that is absolutely accurate. That probably is the number one reason. Where you bifurcate from this is what's underlying the, the discrepancy, the, the parting of the ways between the cabinet and Putin. Why'd they want to get rid of him? And why did he turn around and say, it's gulags for life or resign? Why? Yeah. Doesn't the cabinet care about fighting and preserving Russia, independence, having a good de uh, defense budget so you have a strong defense against the imperialistic American, <laughs> imperialistic NATO, or would it be the imperialistic Anunnaki? Did Hodges just say that? <laughs> Did he just say Anunnaki? Yes. <laughs> I said Anunnaki. Oh. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, they're fallen angels. They're Secondly, not. They're I'm, not fallen angels, okay? They're, ne they're Nephilim, all right? They're, they're the sons of the Anak, okay? They have physical bodies. You can kill them, all right? It'd be a little tougher to do to a fallen angel if you think about it. And these things can be killed. Therefore, that by itself is all I need to know, that they are Anunnaki, just like the Bible talks about. They are the long necks, long neck giants, and um, they can be killed, okay? So, I just wanted to, you know, make sure that distinction was made. reported on about reports coming out of Syria that Putin had actually warned Trump, who scoffed at the Anunnaki notion that they were coming and you better abandon your camp. And then we did, and supposedly we avoided the trouble. Can we prove it? Uh, circumstantially, I think the evidence is fairly good. because yeah. uh, I did a full report on that, and I will give you the links uh, in this PDF. And I'll, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'm just going to touch on those current events that I did cover. So um, that has been addressed. They have a quick abandonment of the base with a really bogus reason, an approaching sandstorm. Uh, I don't think so. Who are the Anunnaki? Well, biblically, they are the fallen angels. No, they're not. And remember, Satan was cast <sighs> down here because he lost the war in space, and one-third of the angels are here. And uh, are we actually fighting against the Anunnaki? There are some people that say yes. I have to say I have no idea, but I do believe in Genesis 6, and I would recommend that you read this. Could it be that Putin was just spending too much money on defense, the hypersonic missile and all these highfalutin submarines and the mole and all that? I mean, incredible expenditures. Perhaps. Perhaps. 
but is the spiritual war manifesting itself? This is one of the things I want to talk to you about. Let me, let me tell you what some people are saying in some circles. And by the way, this did not come from Steve Quayle. Some of you automatically will attribute that to him. No, this did not come from Steve Quayle. Some people think that uh, the fallen angels are rearing their ugly head, and they want to get things off the ground with the, uh, they need to hurry up and solidify the planet before the second coming of Jesus. I do think that's a true anticipation. I don't know if it applies to this situation with Putin getting rid of his government. But here's what's really interesting. But again, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, Genesis 6, so it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, we're, we're in those days. We're, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, we're in the days of the coming of the Son of Man from, from a chronological timeline. We're at the, you know, whatever, 1159 here, if you look at time as a whole and, and the thousands of years that have went by. Okay, so... We should be expecting this. And I've been saying that for years. And now we're actually starting to see more than murmurings of this whole thing. That actually, yeah, wow, these things are actually starting to manifest. We're starting to get reports. And things of this nature come out. And I mean, not just this, but the but the um, the ones the, Af the soldiers in Afghanistan have went against. And a lot of other reports I've talked about in my mega studies on the, on the alien uh, agenda deception i read today and again yesterday two different sources that said putin has replaced two members of the government where people whose sons were killed by the anunnaki yep no idea if it's true but i'm telling you where there's smoke there's fire we're gonna get into that and think about that well no i don't want to say too much yet let's just continue and there's got to be a reason why the entire government is gone yep and Putin is the last man standing. I don't know. Um, I think what we're doing here is shaking the bushes, and we hope something falls out. We shook the bushes before, and a lot fell out. So this is a speculative piece, but it doesn't make a lot of sense about what's going on inside of Russia, right? Heightened tensions with America, heightened activity in Syria, ISIS rearing its ugly head again, the enemy of Putin. Why would he dump the government in the middle of a crisis? Or was the government dumping him and it was defensive? Then we have to ask why. So there we go. That's the sum total of what I have. Um, I will be looking into this further. Okay, so we have that. So I'm, I'm setting the stage. Setting the stage. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Putin addresses cabinet of ministers um, on the Anunnaki in Iran. Commence character Captain Ramses in the movie Crimson Tide. There's trouble in Mother Russia. A much underrated movie, by the way. As of today, the entire Russian cabinet of ministers has resigned. I learned of this as I was working on translating a piece I received of a conversation Russian President Vladimir Putin had with the cabinet of ministers two days after the Iranian attack on coalition air bases in Iraq. This is a transcript of his speech. I received it in Russian. I had to do the translation myself using Google Translator. 
so there may be minor translation errors in it. Please understand. After Iran launched a cruise missile barrage at coalition air bases in Iraq and President Donald J. Trump threatened retaliation, Russian President Vladimir Putin addressed the federal cabinet of ministers, warning them, warning them that premature conflict in Iran might anger Anunnaki in the region and motivate the vile creatures to broaden their battlefield. His address took place two days after the Iranian assault. What reads here is a full transcript of his comments. On 8 January, Iranian forces under orders of Ayatollah Khomeini launched a missile strike on two Iraqi air bases housing American soldiers. The attacks seem to have been calculated to restrict damage to certain targets and to avoid causing human fatalities. Our intelligence learned of the attack three hours prior. I at once reached out to the Ayatollah, telling him that while I do not approve of American forces in the region, Attacking them in response to the death of General Soleimani might provoke not only an American response, but also anger at non-indigenous species, the Anunnaki, in the region. I suggested he delay his attack until we learned of the creature's disposition in his country, but I was told things were in motion that could not be undone, that America could absorb the damage and not respond, or America could, could respond militarily and watch Haifa and Dubai be destroyed. Shortly afterward, I contacted the White House and spoke with the American president. I warned him of the imminent attack. Surprisingly, he told me his nation had learned of Iran's intent about the same time we had, and that he and his officials were weighing a measured response if Iran carried through. <clears throat> I told President Trump, who has recently been receptive to my comments and concerns of Anunnaki intrusions, that attacking Tehran or other Iranian locations would likely provoke Anunnaki in the region to attack his nation. I told President Trump that Anunnaki in the region consider Iranian territory sacred ground, that enraging them might force it into a war his nation is ill-prepared to handle. Now, I know some of this is redundant. We have just kind of heard some of this, but it's, it's building. I told them of our own trials against the Anunnaki and how we incurred massive losses after engaging these disgusting monsters in Syria. I informed him that our special services are equipped with, tech with technology to effectively fight the Anunnaki but are not yet ready to move on their coven in Iran. I asked him, in the name of humanity, to not respond to Iran's attack. President Trump told me he would consider my words and take up the situation with his secretaries of defense and state. As we now know, President Trump heeded my advice and may have prevented unstoppable escalation of the Anunnaki conflict. We have repeatedly pointed out that America's presence in Syria and Iraq are unwanted, and there are colleagues of mine who wish war with America because of this. The real threat to our sovereignty comes from space, not overseas, and I emphasize this to President Trump. I also revealed to him what I have already said to all of you, that in the coming months I intend to amend the Constitution, naming the Anunnaki as the primary threat we must face not unilaterally, but as part of a global coalition determined to save humanity from an enemy that indiscriminately destroys us. Now, right there. Now, granted, if that doesn't happen, well, can I say for sure that's going to happen? I don't know. But all the reports I've seen on this are leading to this point, that it seems like Putin is the only one the only leader that's actually willing to really go, I mean, like, the Vatican's aligned with them. They're probably infiltrated with these things. Whether you want to call them 
Anunnaki or, or Nephilim or shapeshifters, whatever you want to call them, they're infiltrated into our governmental systems. And Putin seems to be, regarding at least the, regarding the Anunnaki, he seems to be the only governmental leader that I'm kind of aware of that's actually wanting to call this problem out and identify it for what it is. So he says, um... I also revealed to them what I've already said to you, meaning he revealed to Trump, that in the coming months, I intend to amend the Constitution, the Constitution of Russia, naming the Anunnaki as the primary threat we must face. Now, can you imagine, okay, if this happens? Is it why we're getting all this weird, maybe this has something to do with the Kansas, the Kansas thing, the DHS briefing them on something they were absolutely horrified with. Okay, maybe it was a biological outbreak. Maybe it was nukes on our soil. Maybe it had nothing to do with this. I would imagine we would try to keep a lid on this, our own government, until the very possible bitter end, because that's been our stance on it basically forever since we've known about it, okay? Since we got in league with them. And I've covered all this, just key, key in the, oh, is it the Granada Treaty? Anyway, um, I've, I've covered this. You know, key in Nephilim, um, that type of thing in the keyword search box at contendyfordruth.com. Um, but he says, naming the Anunnaki is a primary threat we must face, not unilaterally, not unilaterally, but as part of a global coalition determined to save humanity from an en enemy that indiscriminately destroys us. But the problem is, is they're already infiltrated into our, into our own world government so much. I'm not saying that will ever happen. It'd be great if they did, but ultimately they're probably going to play a really big part in the new world order. And as a result of that, it'd be hard for me to believe all the world governments uniting to try to destroy them. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. I have instructed Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and other relevant departments to analyze the level of threat posed by the affirmation actions of the Anunnaki to our country and take comprehensive measures to prepare asymmetrical response. All assets and finances needed to combat the Anunnaki will be made available. This is not debatable. Now, again, they, they, I, I believe one of the excuses that were given why these, the, all the Russian cabinet resigned or whatever under basically Putin's orders uh, was because of the way he was trying to appropriate the military budget. Well, this would make total sense. He wants to spend a ton. And from what I'm seeing on the reports that we're seeing here, one of the biggest gripes that Putin has had toward the government is that they're not appropriating the necessary monies needed in order to fight these things. So he's trying to fight with one hand tied behind his back and he wants to free that up and that's why he required evidently their resignations, the whole government, because he has to clean house and install people that actually get it. And if there are people like the, I think the new prime minister whose who's, um, son was in the Spetsnaz, we're going to hear about this soon, who got killed by the Anunnaki in one of these battles, well, you know what? He's got a lot of skin in the game. He lost, he lost a son to one of these things. So he's going to be fully on board. That's who I would appoint if I was him. Oh, man, I'm telling you. She will remain open to equal and constructive dialogue with the United States of America and other nations that share our goal to eliminate the alien threat and seek to restore confidence and strengthen global security 
from all hostile extraterrestrial creatures. And that is the end of the transcript. And of course, this, with today's revelation that the Russian cabinet has resigned, I believe there is a connection. I am already receiving some information on that. And as I receive more, I will prepare a complete article for... Oh, and that's what we're going to listen to next. The next one regarding that. The next report that comes out. That's when the Russian government resigned amid Anunnaki disputes. Let's listen to that. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Michael with Twisted Truth and TwistedTruth.net. A follow-up to the piece I put out earlier today. I'll try to be brief. The title is, Russian Government Resigns Amid Anunnaki Disputes. And in my mind, this is pretty serious. Russian TASS news agency reported on Wednesday that the entire government resigned after President Putin delivered his annual State of the Union address that proposed significant amendments to the nation's constitution. I mean, shouldn't that be the number one headline for, like, at least days worldwide? Why? Why do we... No, let's sweep it under the rug. Let's not really talk a lot about it. Let's give some lame excuses as to why it happened, and let's look the other way. That's bit which makes me much more suspicious as to why it actually happened. Our sources, however, claim the mass resignation is a response to irreconcilable differences ministers had with Putin over his cavalier attitude toward devoting a sizable part of Russia's defense budget on the Anunnaki war. Right. Although the official narrative says Putin thanked the ministers for their exceptional work and asked them to function as caretakers until a new government could be formed, our source said an interminable Putin upbraided them for their failure to recognize the flourishing Anunnaki threat. When President Putin in 2000, 2013 learned of and decided to engage the Anunnaki scourge, certain ministers had challenged Putin's resolve to commit resources to what they called a private crusade against an unbeatable foe. They said Putin was wasting money needed for combating Western encroachment in the Middle East. But the vocal minority of that era could not squelch the overwhelming support Putin received from a cabinet majority. But times change, as do opinions, and the ministers who once championed Putin's unbridled war suddenly turned on him, saying his improvident spending jeopardized the security of the Russian Federation. Arsura said Putin learned that the cabinet of ministers held secret meetings at which high-ranking officials, including Prime Minister, Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev, clandestinely plotted Putin's political demise, quoting our source. President Putin learned of their treachery. He discovered they met in secret without his knowledge and were conspiring to overthrow him because they disagreed with spending trillions of rubles on developing tech to fight the Anunnaki. They planned to, to besmirch his good name and convince the world he had gone mad. Putin gave them an ultimatum, resign gracefully or face life in gulag for treasonous crimes. Some pleaded for mercy, asking to keep their jobs, saying they were just following the majority. But Putin held them all equally responsible and accountable and said either everyone resigns or everyone goes to prison. No exceptions, our source said. Wow. In cabinet meetings in November and December, Putin said the MOD determined that the number of Anunnaki in Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan had tripled, 
and to fight that threat, he intended to repurpose 610 billion rubles, about $10 billion, of the National Defense Fund to eliminate the invasive species. Putin was not open to debate, and anyone challenging his motives was labeled a coward. His refusal to hear refuting arguments and his indecorous behavior may have contributed to the minister's perfidious actions. Now, I've, I've read and, and listened to a lot of his audios, and this absolutely 100% lines up lock and key with all the other previous ones he's put out regarding Putin's demeanor and the way he feels about this situation. This makes total sense that he would do something like this. The mass resignation, however, leaves Putin in a quandary. The ministers were responsible for conveying Putin's orders in matters involving the Anunnaki to the generals that ordered the strikes on the alien strongholds. Without them, or a provisional government, a gap in the chain of command may hinder future assaults on Anunnaki sanctums until Putin installs a new government sympathetic to his goal of eradicating Anunnaki life on Earth. The installation of a new government will pose an insurmountable challenge as Putin must weed out potential insurgents that might once more rebel against him. Excuse me a second. That concludes the article I wanted to read. If you appreciate this channel... So it'd be something to, I mean, I, if nothing else, something to keep in prayer, you know. And then we have this, which further adds to what we're talking about here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Michael here from Twisted Truth and TwistedTruth.net. I have another update in the Russian the dissolution of the Russian cabinet. Take me a few minutes to read, make some comments, and let you go. Title of the article is New Russian Prime Minister's Son Slain by Anunnaki. And I will read. Russian President Vladimir Putin wasted no time choosing a new prime minister to rebuild the government after demanding the previous cabinet either resign or spend life in a gulag. He nominated Mikhail Mishustin, an obscure technocrat who headed Russia's tax service. He seemed an unlikely candidate except for one pivotal factor. Last year, his son Alexei was slain in the line of duty by an Anunnaki in northwest Syria. Alexei served with distinction in the nation's special services. In September 2019, he and his unit were patrolling a known Anunnaki hotspot when a horde of villainous creatures ambushed and slaughtered the platoon. A damage assessment team described their remains as, quote, unrecognizable, unquote, and later identified casualties via DNA analysis. That Putin appointed someone whose relative died in mortal combat with an Anunnaki is no coincidence, said FSB operative Dmitry Osmosevich, who claims Vladimir Putin is restructuring the government with persons sympathetic to his clandestine war on the invasive extraterrestrials. As reported earlier, Putin essentially dissolved the government after discovering it had plotted to overthrow him, a vengeful act in response to what a government official called excessive spending and a wanton indifference toward the lives of Russia's fighting forces. Quoting Osmosevich, President Putin identified the treacherous bastards and got rid of them all. Many of these scums actively hindered his fight on the Anunnaki, and with them gone, 
Putin will remake the government with loyalists who have reason to see the Anunnaki felons wiped from the face of the earth. There is no guarantee that all parents that lost children to the war will be amenable to Putin, and many may hate him, but Mishustin told Putin he wanted in and committed himself to beating Anunnaki everywhere and anywhere. Putin will remain in office until the job is done, Osmosevich said. The job may take longer than Putin intended to stay in power. Last year, he said he will retire in 2024, but his comments at last night's State of the Union address called for sweeping constitutional changes that could consolidate his long-term grip on power, a necessary move if he expects a protracted war. In his address, Putin said he wants to give expanded powers to an obscure advisory body called the State Council, which Putin commands. He did not reveal that the State Council has played a ubiquitous role in his war. It houses the command center of Russia's Anunnaki detection grid from where analysts monitor global Anunnaki intrusions. Regardless, Putin and Mishustin have a huge workload. They must rapidly fill 16 vacant seats to prevent destabilization of the government. And those seats must be occupied with competent bodies trusted by both Putin and Mishustin. Failure will not only hinder the Anunnaki war, but also further damage an economy that has stagnated due to capital spent on eliminating the alien threat. That concludes the article. If you appreciate the channel, please... So we have that. Now, <clears throat> here are my teachings I've done on the Anunnaki, and I just list them out here for you. Uh, this is 11, 18, 19, okay, so roughly two months ago. Table of Contents, Part 1. What did the early church fathers believe about the Nephilim, the giants, and the Anunnaki? Uh, then, this is the Table of Contents for Part 1. Scott Johnson's teaching, Nephilim, sons of God, fallen angels, demons, evil spirits, Tartaros, sons of Seth, daughters of Cain, Augustine of Hippo, Tom, uh, Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin, um, and Bible study. So we talk about all those particular subjects in that, which relate a lot to the Anunnaki. And then Nephilim Anunnaki are here and have been here for centuries. Next part, uh, Bible study on the biblical remedy to deal with the Nephilim and the Anunnaki, which is what I just covered. Okay, And then um, we talk about the Alfa Romeo automobile symbol where we see a crowned serpent eating a human man. Yeah, I mean, it's just all out in the open to a certain extent. Then part two of that same study, we talk about the Holocaust of the giants, actual participants that help dig up the giants and the cover-up that always ensues. And then is the Pentagon using Moab bombs, which is the mother of all bombs, against the giants hidden in Afghanistan? We talk about that. We talk about sleeping giants in stasis chambers ready to awaken. Uh, and then uh, we actually show you pictures of them too. And then... Part one of what were the U.S. special forces running from in Syria, which is where that Putin first warned Trump about the Anunnaki. Trump blew him off. Then he showed him pictures and video of these things. And then Trump pulled all the troops out of the base. Like, literally, they were out of there, like, within two hours. They were, I mean, they just left everything there. I, I, and there were news teams there the next day that, they're like, what is this? There was a kitten there. There was a puppy there. They had left all their stuff there. I mean, we're talking probably millions of dollars in gear in the middle of the desert. And as far as I knew, they never went back to get any of it. It's very, very weird and strange. And had some lame excuse. Uh, and then part three, where we continue that 
where what were the U.S. forces running from in Syria, and then Putin bombs Anunnaki fortress in Syria. We talk about that, and then the long-running TV series show Stargate SG-1, and actually Stargate Atlantis, uh, soft disclosure according to secret space program whistleblower. Um, they collaborate with the DOD, the Department of Defense, and I, oh my word, the U.S. Space Command, and all this stuff in order to make those shows. Did you know that? I mean, it says it at the end credits. They're collaborating with DOD. I mean, Cheyenne Mountain, where that underground base is, I mean, that's, I'm telling you, there's more going on here. Soft disclosure. And then uh, my study I did on 415 of 18, part five, we talk, this is where I start talking about this. Syria tells the United Nations tells the UN America has genetically modified super soldiers deployed in the country. We've got genetically modified super soldiers that were fighting in Syria. And Syria was complaining about it because they were wreaking havoc. Um, then Anunnaki harvesting human corpses in Syria. That's what they do. And again, what the Bible says, they eateth up the inhabitants of the land. So they, they show up in these battlefields, much like the show Predator, with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, where they're attracted to areas where there's all this warfare going on and death and destruction and dying. I mean, you know, if you were some satanic beast, where would you be attracted? Well, probably there. And they harvest human corpses. And I'm sure it's like a, uh, their food source because that's what they like to eat, human bodies. And then Nibiru, Anunnaki slaughter, Russian soldiers in Syria. These are all different reports we did. And then Russian-Turkish forces clash with Anunnaki in Syria. And then Anunnaki whistleblower Sterinkov Isaac Stepanovich spills the beans. We play that. And then scary Putin warns of GM super soldiers that are worse than nukes. Um, okay, so we have all that. So we're, we're done with that portion of it. I'm trying to, I'm almost out of time here. And I'm trying to get this last part in. This, um, this happened right at the same time or right around the same time that we get, got into all this stuff with Soleimani and then they we were in all that, embroiled in all that, and then they fired missiles and then we, we stood down. I just gave you the reason I think we stood down. But this happened at the same time. And um, it's called the Dawn of Evil. Incredible red devil horns on the sunrise captured during a rare solar eclipse mirage over the ocean. Uh, these in, these incredible images appear to show a giant devil horns rising over the Persian Gulf, which is where this, the area that all this is taking place that we're talking about here with Anunnaki. These giant devil horns rising over the Persian Gulf during a solar eclipse. Now, this was this was like the number one thing on Drudge for a, at least a good day. I've never seen anything like it. The photographer waited in just the right place to snap the rare spectacle as the sun was partially blocked by the moon at dawn on Boxing Day morning. And here's pictures of it. Now, I grin, I, all I can do is tell you, relay to you, that this has got to be one of the most surreal, creepy things I've ever seen. Because, yeah, it looks like red devil horns emerging from the ocean. And then the last one, which they didn't mention at all, was that... The crescent moon uh, was the actual first image that he took. And then that crescent moon progressed into what looked like devil horns rising out of the sea. But the first shot he, he snapped was the crescent moon. That crescent moon, the way it was angled, was almost identical to the crescent moon on the Muslim flag. Because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's the, the Muslim flag. 
So what I did is I posted a picture of the green Muslim flag with a star, which is actually representative of, I believe, Semiramis and Nimrod. And um, it, it's, it could be viewed that way, at least. And um, I, I put it right beside that one so you could get a kind of a, a, a comparison there. Okay, so now I'm going to switch gears here. I'm just about out of time. I'm, I know I'm going to go o over on time for people that are recording um, the CDs. I did say the one suggestion by one of the people was to use DVDs, I guess, instead. And they have a lot more time. A anyway, I I'm going to have to go over today, though, on that. Um, and we're switching gears here. It's totally different kind of subjects. But um, airborne is Ebola airborne. Even the Washington Post says it's true. Ebola is airborne in this nightmare scenario soon to be visited upon the United States and the world as a whole. The article will validate this claim. In part one of the series, which you can click on here, uh, I'll give you a link in the PDF, I noted the following. Ebola is crossing the border in infectons as evidenced by multiple insider reports, meaning they're infecting people on purpose with Ebola and they're shipping them over the border. Two, seriously ill patients are then being directed to L.A., where they've already got basically the plague going on there with all the filthy conditions. And then three, the Ebola vaccine should be avoided at all costs. It actually contains Ebola, which is exactly what I've been telling you and warning you about for a long time. And then four, Ebola is much more contagious than the government is telling the people, and the available science speaks clearly, clearly to this fact. In fact, Ebola is airborne, and this has been known by the CDC and its partners for more than a decade. So let's click on this uh, pretty quick video here. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you imagine the panic in this country if it was discovered that sexually transmitted diseases could go airborne? I'm not making that claim. I mean, can you just imagine hypothetically if AIDS was airborne? Would that send off a panic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'd see isolated communes springing up. Well, something I've been claiming for 11 years, ha, 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 Dave Hodges conspiracy theorist, isn't it funny? And I have all the documentation. I published all the documentation. It most of it came out of government resources. And people just want to, ha, ha, ha. We read political fact. They say you're wrong. Has political fact ever admitted to anything nefarious from the government or the New World Order or the establishment of the deep state? I can't find any examples of it. So why would you listen to someone who bats 100 versus zero on fact checking? It's not fact checking. It's BS covering up. That's what they do at PolitiFact. Now, here's what you need to know. Ebola is airborne. I published this morning on the commonsenseshow.com in the first article I wrote. I said Ebola is airborne according to insider sources, and it wasn't even my insider source that I brought this out in. It was one of my close confidants insider source said it's airborne. Can you imagine the increase in spread? It's just mind-boggling. It's scary. It's frightening. But then I did more research, and I found in 2015, 2016, there were other examples of even mainstream media outlets citing research in peer-reviewed journals showing Ebola can go airborne. And you're going to be stunned and shocked when I reveal one of the sources I just published in an article I just recently put up on the commonsenseshow.com, it's part two. The Washington Post, in February of 2015, nearly five years ago, published peer-reviewed review, a review of a peer-reviewed journal article that said it can go airborne. 
also included in that. I went back in time and showed what I had previously presented to people and the documentation. It's irrefutable. Ebola is airborne, folks. Now, what I don't know is are we having different strains of Ebola? Some are only transmissible by body fluids and some by airborne. I don't know. And if there is a split between transmissibility, uh, can you have some of both? One of one, one of the other, which is more common? Is it a 90-10 split, 50-50 split? I don't know the answers to that. I'm not an epidemiologist, and I've looked far and low and everywhere around the corner. There's no one that's telling me the answers to these questions. Right now, what we have to say is we know for a fact that uh, Ebola is indeed airborne. Oh, I risk my reputation on this. I put it out there because the peer-reviewed journals People of science are saying it's true. The ones who are saying it's not true aren't presenting you clinical data to refute it. They're going, oh, we just don't think so, with all the authority of impeachment testimony hearing in the House under Adam Schiff, right? Same practice. So when you look at peer-reviewed articles, scientific studies published versus opinion, opinion says it's not airborne. Scientific journals are telling a different story. Show me some proof on the other side to you leftist liberals who troll on my website, who troll these crazy messages from the left in the comment section. Please bring me some proof that overwhelms the seemingly incontrovertible proof that Ebola is airborne. And if we accept the fact finally that Ebola is airborne, and I believe we're coming to this point, what does that mean for safety? Oh my, should we worry now about that Congolese woman I reported on earlier? The ICE reports? How about the uh, um, Iranians that were caught uh, near uh, Trump headquarters in Florida? Oh, you haven't heard that? Oh yeah, that's made the news now. I mean, it's being really downplayed, but it's in the news. Do we have to worry about the infectons? And I reported this morning in an article, I said that um, Border Patrol is very concerned. I've talked to two members of the Border Control, Patrol. They're taking sick people and shipping them to L.A. Or we've already talked about the possibility of the bubonic plague and Ebola. They just want to make sure they get the maximum um, <clears throat> chances of everything really kicking off in L.A., it sounds like. Or at least that's one of the main places they want everything to really, really get going in earnest. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things adding up, wouldn't you agree? It's kind of like we have the scales of knowledge, where does the truth weigh most heavily? Ebola transmissible by airborne means? Here. The opinion of the BS journalists? Here. Thank you to the Washington Post for telling the truth one time. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Okay, look at what you've done. Yeah, nice comment. Okay, so I just, I knew I'd reported on this before. I mean, I'm talking years ago. I've reported on this. And I did a keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. I give you the link, or you can just key in Ebola Airborne. Okay. And it's four different parts in four different teachings on four different dates where we talked about how the fact that Ebola is airborne. All of them from the year 2014. One on 10 26, 2014, one on 10 5, 2014, one on 9 14, and one on um, 9 14 14, and then one on 8. 314 so we've covered that extensively how ebola has been airborne and we've known about that for a long long time so i just want to let you know that you know that's that's something that i i have done numerous teachings on all right and you can go back and revisit those i give you a link to do that 
okay, next report. Cartels and foreign troops in the U.S. ready to go hot. Which, again, some of this I probably could have arranged a little bit better. Um, but um, in the end, I think it's all going to, if you look at today's study in totality, it's all going to kind of, a lot of it is going to mesh together nicely. That everybody's starting to see, of course. Are the okay, this is, again, Dave Hodges interviewing Paul Preston. Cartels and other affiliates associated with the cartels. I'm not at liberty to speak about right now because I want to get more information. Um, but there are other affiliates with the cartels. And yes, but the, I apologize for the audio. I can't do anything about that. The Chinese workability with them all, they've all been operable. There's there's basically three legs to this stool. Uh, the one is I'm not going to get liberty to speak at this point in time, but the Chinese and the cartels are the other two legs. So there's the anonymous leg, and then there's the two others. They are the, the, they are the, the support for the stool that is supposedly designed to destroy the United States of America. And uh, this um, connect the dot, if you will, which we need to be connecting here pretty shortly, um, will I think absolutely fascinate a lot of people as to how they're able to do what they're trying to do to try to actually destroy this country. Many of the things that you've talked about, Dave, are true. And I think that our audience needs, your audience needs to know that, that well, I, I'm confirming many of the things that you've been talking about for the years about troop movements, about various and sundry agencies and agents from around the world being involved in a possible takeover of the United States. My, my information has verified that many times over. It's just how is that all going to take place? How is that going to act? And, uh, and to quote somebody, I think we talked about this at some point, but to quote somebody who was in a local community in Central California, talking to cartel members, listen to this, talking to cartel members because of familial relationship, they just said that they're just waiting their orders to go active on Americans in California. You know, Paul, I should tell that story I told on your show. And that's what the Russians and the Chinese embedded in here and the foreign troops are saying they're just waiting to go active. Um, because my face is out here and we get about two and a half, three and a half million people a month that come through here um, on my channel, I get recognized when I'm out in public. And um, it's no big deal. I enjoy people coming up. I like meeting my audience. Uh, to a person, they've been tremendous. So I'm in a pizza place, and I'm waiting to go to an appointment. So I'm working on email and finishing one slice of pizza. I was good. Oh, one come on. You know you had the whole pie, Dave. Come on. And a two-liter Coke and Cinestics. Come on, Dave. Let's come clean. It's a pizza and a water. <laughs> And two ladies came up and they asked me if they could take their picture with me. And I hope I didn't break their camera. But And we talked for about five minutes. Very pleasant. And then this guy walks up and I'm just getting ready to go. And he says, I need to sit down and talk to you for a second. I said, okay, what's this about? And he says, uh, well, I know who you are. You're Dave Hodges. And he says, uh, I'm a Russian. And, and I said, okay. This just happened the other day. Because a lot of people can be Russians and be here with no agenda. And he says, uh, we're just waiting our time, and there's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about yeah, it. I we'll just want see. you to know that. We'll see. And he said, you might want to think about toning it down because of what's coming. Um, and that, that actually happened. This is on the heels, Paul, as I told you this morning, of when I was talking to a senior federal law enforcement agent um, Saturday, this past Saturday. 
and we got disconnected, couldn't reconnect for three hours. I couldn't even call him on my wife's cell phone. So my wife and I go out to dinner and and uh, I set the cell phone down face up. He's not the last call. It's dialing him. And and he answers and we talk. And the next day, malicious code was put into my uh, website um, and didn't do any damage because I got virtual shield. But uh, but it was there and they were able to extract it without any damage. Uh, I'm under attack. And this guy who said he was a Russian and you would not know, Paul, he's like you and me, looks like you and me, talks like you and me. And, and I asked him, I said, well, how long you been here? He goes, I've been here since 2012. And he mentioned to me he had come in with the original people in the Colorado. And he just said, we're just waiting. He said, you have no idea what's coming. And he said, if you knew it was coming, you'd stop talking. That was <laughs> well, the last thing he said to me. No, I wouldn't. So uh, Praise God. we're, we're going to have <laughs> – funny we'd start our conversation off tonight about gun control because I'm not a believer in gun control, not now. <laughs> no. So there you go, you know, which, you know – I think that what they would really like to get kicked off in Virginia is bringing in the UN troops to actually go start the the door to door confirmation, the confiscations, and that's what they would really like to do. And um, these guys have been in, these embedded Russians have been uh, here in our soil for a long time, and Chinese chomping at the bit, waiting to go do this. Finally, for them is how they're looking at it. So. Um, they're not looking at it from any kind of biblical standpoint at all. They're just looking at it like we're just going to overpower you and overrun you. I'm looking at it what God can do. I'm looking at it like, okay, well, you don't know what my God can do, you know. And this might all happen, but that doesn't mean that God can't intervene, you know, regarding the body of Christ. So I, I firmly believe that. So let's go, and this is the last report, and uh, FEMA preps for martial law. And again, this is looking at it from a very, um, it's not, a, it's a very short video, but this is looking at it from a very, you know, this guy, Michael, he's very um, blunt, matter of fact, he's not a Christian, so understand that he's never going to bring you that perspective, which I'm always going to try to bring you back to that. I have a short article to read, it'll take me three or four minutes, and then I'll let you go. <clears throat> the title of the article is, FEMA Preps for Martial Law, and I will read. As the Department of Homeland Security activated the National Terrorism Alert Network in response to potential retaliation for the targeted killing of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, the Federal Emergency Management Agency began shuffling assets and manpower in preparation for what agency insiders believe is an imminent declaration of martial law. On January 3rd, hours before so the... again, could that declaration be this Monday if things go sideways? Yes, 100%, if it, get, if it got too out of hand, or whatever that may escalate into in like the next week. I don't know. Okay, and remember, they're going to have those agitators. They're going to have, and, and again, this is why I really felt like I'm going to try to get this study up today. It's already 2.52 my, um, on um, 2.52 a.m. Friday, January 17th, when we're recording this. I'm going to go ahead and just upload this right when I'm done create the PDF or finish the PDF and upload it because I really feel like the quicker I get this up, the better. I most likely, unless God intervenes again, I most likely won't be reposting until not this Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Um, this is kind of a study for last week and this Sunday. 
but um, I just felt like I wanted to get that up because you know people are traveling there now, um, and it's going to go down on Monday. But they're doing a lot of stuff, I believe, potentially with roadblocks and things like that. And I wanted people to have the biggest heads up they could have. U.S. accepted responsibility for the slain Iranian freedom fighter. FEMA Acting Director Pete Gaynor canceled employee leave and issued a directive that said all agency employees must be pre prepared to fight outliers or domestic terrorists that criticize Trump's Middle East policies or his decision to assassinate foreign figureheads that pose a clear and present danger to security interests of the United States. Oh, what did he just say? Acting Director of FEMA. Pete Gaynor canceled employee leave and issued a directive that said all agency employees must be prepared to fight outliers or domestic terrorists that criticize Trump's Middle East policies like I've been doing. Well, isn't that what Bush did? Either you're with the terrorist or you're with us, even though he made up the weapons of mass destruction. Okay, that whole ruse there. Wow. So maybe Trump's not such a good guy after all. Huh. They must be prepared to fight outliers or domestic terrorists that criticize Trump's Middle East policies or his decision to assassinate foreign figureheads that pose a clear and present danger to the security interests of the America like Soleimani, even though we lured him there under the guise of a peace treaty. Huh. Well, that would make Trump a bad guy then. Yeah, that's what I've been saying all along. Or at least, at least since last February. Over FEMA's Office of Regional Operations informed incident management teams in all 50 states to prepare for 300 days of domestic deployment. In addition to food, water, and blankets, the IMAT teams carry a bloated arsenal of pistols, M4 carbines, shotguns, grenades, and enough ammunition to wage a small, small war. They are also... <clears throat> excuse me. They are also equipped with hazmat suits and mission-oriented protective posture or MOP gear, protective outfits worn by the U.S. military personnel during a chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear strike. Even more disturbing, each team travels alongside a deuce and a half that holds over 5,000 zippered body bags. They can deploy within two hours and arrive at an incident within 12 hours to support the local FEMA incident commanders. A FEMA source speaking under condition of absolute anonymity said the scale of the operation precludes an exercise and is a clear sign that the agency is posturing itself in preparation for a presidentially declared order of martial law. Quoting our source. And that's probably, and I hate to say this, but it's probably when you're going to hear from Trump about the Virginia thing. Yeah, he's not going to say anything up to the point when then he declares martial law. There's a, there's a there's a there's a high likelihood of that. I mean, maybe he'll say some things in between, and I hope I'm wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me. The order came straight from the top. Agents were issued live ammo, including hollow points. FEMA doesn't telegraph its exercises, but it also doesn't hand out live ammo and fragmentation grenades for exercises. And this is the first time in history response teams in every state will be mobilized simultaneously. Many of us think war with Iran will be an excuse used by the government to declare martial law and to strip Americans of the rights and freedoms they hold dear. Even now, 
Gaynor is making plans to bring FEMA's full force to bear on the American public, unquote. And I think this was all done because they assumed that we were going to be in World War III by now. We were going to be in, we would have already been, if, if we would have struck back against 52 targets, which Trump said he was going to do that night, whenever, however many days ago that was, they would have retaliated most likely with everything they had. And then we would have just done this and it would have been, and then it just grows and grows and grows. Who knows how far, and so the Anunnaki thing could literally be the actual reason that we're not there yet, potentially. You know, the, the God does work in mysterious ways. You never know. Gaynor also placed 1,600 reservists on standby. This armed workforce supplements full-time agents and has been granted authority to detain, incarcerate, or kill civilians that impede the agency's ongoing operations. Additionally, FEMA has mobilized its dreaded sniper squads, the same units that during Hurricane Katrina perched atop the Superdome and callously murdered displaced persons and the homeless as part of the agency's yep. ongoing beta tests to determine how law-abiding Americans would behave under a stratocracy. The marksmen were trained by Marine Scout snipers at Quantico and have unrestricted access to military-grade hardware, quoting our source. And what did we just hear in one of those videos about Virginia, that they're going to have snipers all around? The government's going to. And what if they have silencers on their weapons and then they just they start firing away and blaming on whoever? You know, like they would have done in Katrina. I, I, I report just key in Katrina in the keyword search box, Hurricane Katrina, or just Katrina, which is probably all you need to do, and we talked about that at length when all that went down. There's only one reason Gaynor would make these forces ready, and again, it ain't for an exercise. While the public is fascinated by what's going on in Iran and the Middle East, FEMA is getting ready to strike. When the president issues a formal declaration of war with Iran, he will... Which we should have already been in, but again, got derailed impose martial law on america yeah which is exactly what i've been saying when he when he imposed and, and here's another thing i left out when he when we get to that point because i do believe we're going to get there one way or another who knows how long the timeline's been pushed back now though i think that's why trump was so rattled the next day because he was so cocksure of himself and, and i'm ready to go and, and i'm gonna hit 52 targets and and i'm i mean all this bravado and bluster and all the tweets he he sent out and then all of a sudden he just totally backpedals and in totally acts gelded so to speak and, and doesn't do anything and then backs down essentially and he looked rattled and he was breathing hard and he was he was acting real weird and, and strange i think Partly he was kind of um, ashamed. He was probably in disbelief. He probably, it was probably a lot of things that factored in there. And he probably thought that he was going to, you know, have that war going, or at least that was going to be the start of it. But it didn't work out that way. And he, and as a result of that, if he would have hit those 52 targets, what would Iran have done? They would have given the green light to every single Iranian sleeper cell here in America. That as soon as possible all they would have had to have been doing is watch the news that would have already been set in motion and that by itself would have been all the reason that trump would have needed to declare martial law to supposedly protect the homeland but just remember homeland security is going to be coming after most likely the patriots the pro second amendment the christians i hate to say that 
But again, is God bigger than all that? Yes, he is. But you got to have the faith to believe it. You know? And if worst case scenario, you know, if they take you out absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. I'm not saying we should pray for that. I'm just saying that, I mean, obviously you want that, but I mean, you don't necessarily, obviously we don't want to go in there and die. And um, I talk about the Santa Anaki thing. It's not because I have a death wish. I don't at all. I absolutely don't. I have total confidence in what the Lord can do. So, but this is some sobering, sobering stuff. I'm just going to let this, uh, he's got about 10 more seconds here. It is a distraction to keep people's minds occupied with what's happening overseas instead of what will happen right under their noses, right. our source said. Well, and again, so all that is is a gigantic heads up for when martial law is declared, they're going to probably hit that internet kill switch, so they're going to cut off all the communication lines or, or try to. And that is when you, um, you know, this most likely my internet presence in a most likely all the others that are putting that truth will, will kind of cease to exist at that point. And whatever God, it's literally going to be a calling shift for everybody, for all Christians to a certain extent, because most likely your priorities are going to shift in a very radically different direction when, when we're under martial law. Now, who knows? Maybe because of this Anunnaki thing, we've got a long more, I don't know, but this thing in Virginia could go sideways and that's all the reason they need to. But the one thing about the Virginia thing is that they, if the Iranian sleeper cells went hot, it wouldn't really make sense just because of what's going on in Virginia. If, if Iran does what they say they're going to do and they, they, they start attacking our positions or maybe they'll start activating these sleeper cells in America like all those quotes I just read you said they're going to do. If they do that, well, I can't see us not retaliating, and Anaki or not. And at that point, then there's going to be back and forth, and then martial law will will be declared most likely. I can't see any other any other scenario. So, without a doubt, one of the most heavy duty studies I've ever done. It seems like it gets more insane every time I do a study now. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. A lot to pray about and potentially fast about to seek God about, and um, hopefully, Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio. In the meantime, if I get any of the, the really breaking intel, um, I'll either put out a newsletter or um, I, I may even do like a short study if there's something really big and breaking. It's just very, it's hard for me to, to do a really quick audio study because it takes so much time for me to prepare to get to this point. Uh, but I'll do one or the other in the meantime. And so God bless you. Um, and Lord willing, we'll see you in the next audio.